All right, hear me okay? All right, let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for today, Lord. We thank you for uh, giving us the ability to believe, Lord. We thank you for what you've got in store for us today and the special message, Lord, that you have for, you, for us. We ask you just hide me, Lord, behind your word. Hide me behind your cross, Lord. Let your word be heard, not mine, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> By now, you all know I'm blind without these. And I always like to bring props. A little story about that later. Okay, so tell a little story first about a baby camel. Baby camel, you know, is starting to notice his body and looks up to his mommy and says, Mommy, why do I have these big, long eyelashes? And mommy says, well, baby camel, the Lord made us so that we could be in desert storms. And your eyelashes keeps the sand away from your eyes. Oh, well, mommy, mommy, why do I have these huge hoofs? Well, you see, the Lord designed us so that we could go on long treks, up hills, sand. We can get anywhere. Oh, okay. Well, mommy, mommy, why do I have these huge humps on my back? Well, baby camel, like I said, the Lord designed us for a reason. And your two humps are so that we could travel through long distances through the desert for weeks on end without any water. The baby camel thinks about it for a little while. Looks up at the mommy and says, well, mommy, if I've got these long eyelashes, these big hooves, and two big humps, why are we stuck in the zoo? <laughs> Don't we all feel like we're in the zoo sometimes? So I love Caitlin's song, because it's actually the first question I have here, oddly enough. And it says, do you believe? Do you really believe? If you want today's message to really mean something to you, if you want to really listen to the Lord, you've got to really believe. We're reminded in Romans 14, 11, when the Lord says, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me. Every tongue will confess to God. In Matthew 18, 20, it says, where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. Do you believe? Do you really believe? If you believe, you know he's here right now. And you know he's coming back. So let's open our hearts and minds. Today's message is entitled, The Faithful Are Entrusted With More Blessings. You know, the world's got a saying, the rich get richer, right? You've all heard that. But it's a biblical verse that has a slightly different twist to that. And that's the parable of the ten talents. And we're going to learn how it is that the faithful are entrusted with more. But first I want to ask you something. I know you're all hard workers. You're back to work tomorrow. Even the retirees here are hard workers. But what are we all working so hard for? We all have bosses at work, but who are we really working for? You know, when you're young, Wesley's back from law school. I know what he, what he wants to do when he grows up. A lot of us, when we're young, we have no idea. All we know is we have to work hard, go to school, 
follow whatever the Lord's path says. But just work hard, work hard. What for? Retirement, vacations, paying bills. You know, when you're young, you want to be a sports star, a famous singer, a doctor, an attorney. All those are good. But what are we working so hard for? You know, you ask somebody, you meet somebody new and say, tell me about yourself. Who are you? How would you identify yourself? Most of us default to our jobs. I'm a doctor. I'm an attorney. I'm a pastor. But the truth of the matter is most people don't even like their jobs. And of course, someday you'll retire. And then how are you going to identify yourself? Well, you're no longer a doctor or an attorney or a dentist. You're retired. How do you identify yourself? You know, most people have eight career moves. You know that average eight career moves? I've had more than that. Some have had less. I'm not talking about eight different jobs. Eight career moves, different careers. Before I share the parable of the talents with you, and it's a little bit longer one. I'm not sure why I started with this one. It's one of the longest parables. I want to just kind of share a couple of things with you, including what a talent is. You probably all have heard it before, but a talent is a measure it's a measurement. It's the way you measure things. So when the Bible talks about a talent, back then you used to talk about a talent of silver. A talent is a lot. Talent was basically the weight equal to your weight, to a whole person's weight. It could be many kilograms, 33 kilograms average. So what would that be worth in today's term? According to Wikipedia, one talent in today's worth be $1.4 million. You know, when I read this many times, I always thought, okay, one talent. And we all know that this doesn't just mean about money. I'm going to talk about that in a second. But you think about it, wow, one talent seemed like a little. After that, after all, that guy buried it, but it's a lot of money. So you can imagine two talents is a lot more. Five talents is a lot more. Did you know that the average U.S. income for a lifetime, so you work your entire life, do you know how much you make? Eh, the average is 1.5. Some are two, some are three, some are more, of course. But that's the average. So what does it tell you about one talent? Even one talent is more than they would have made in an entire lifetime. Crazy, huh? So is the parable about money? Is it about how to invest your money? I would hope not. It's not. You know, the reason I love parables is because, well, for those of you who don't know, I'm an attorney. That's why sometimes I talk too much. But I've been reminded we got a warrior game today, and I don't want to get the hook, so we're going to make this brief. But parables speak to us so much different than a specific law. You know, you have the Ten Commandments, you have all kinds of things, and the Bible tells us what to do, what not to do. But, you know, a lawyer can take a book of law and argue that it means one thing. Another lawyer says it means something else. You need some judge to tell you what it really means. Let's go show you how infallible the law of man is. Lucky for us, the law is infallible, the law of the Lord. This is the whole law right here. But see, because we're humans, he knows that by the time we translate it to different languages, we might not really get it. But a parable... Well, a parable speaks to the spirit of the law. See, 
The letter of law might say, don't go 55 miles an hour. The letter of the law might say, don't kill. But the spirit of the law is what the lawmaker intended. And sometimes the intent of the law is lost when attorneys focus on the law itself. Sometimes they interpret a law totally different than what the lawmakers meant. So parable is our Lord's way of saying, I'm going to tell you a story, and there's a law to it, and I want you to listen to it and see how you interpret it. I got four, takes, four really important takeaways from the parable of the talents. Let me see if I can share them with you. But first, I want to read it, because it doesn't matter what I say. You see, the Lord's word has power. The Holy Spirit works when we speak his word. And it doesn't matter if it's Dean, myself, Carl, anybody up here. It's not us. It's his word. So I'm going to try to read. It's a long parable. I'm going to speak not too fast. It's going to take a couple minutes. Let me just read it to you see how you hear it. And then I'll share with you what I think it means. Parable of the talent starts in Matthew 25, 13 through 30. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one, he gave five talents of money. To another, two talents. And to another, one talent, each according to his ability. Then, he went on his journey. The man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with the two talents gained two more. But the man who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received the five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Ah, comes the third one. Then the man who had received the one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So... You knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed? 
Well, then you should have put my money in, de uh, in deposits with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has 10 talents. For everyone who has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's kind of harsh, right? Don't forget it's a parable. So the first takeaway from this is you hear several times here where the Lord says that they were entrusted with his property, not their property. And I don't know about you, but if I got a million and a half, I wouldn't bury it. And, you know, it's funny that Lord, in this example, the, his master says, hey, at least put it in the bank. He's been gone for a long time. Um, I don't know if you all know, but there's a, financial people here know, but there's a rule of, I think of seven or nine. But if you, you have money in the bank at like eight or nine percent, it will double every seven years. Is that nuts? So who knows how long he was gone, but if he only gone a few years, they would have doubled his money by doing very little. But this guy just hid the money. Let me tell you why. For starters, he must have forgotten that it's the Lord's money. It's the Lord's talent. And don't forget, we're talking about talents, which is symbolic to our gifts. As a matter of fact, why did he say 1.5 million, 3 million, 7.5 million? Well, in a way, he's reminding us that he's given us something that we would never achieve on our own. And everything we have, everything we have is from him. As a matter of fact, your job, guess where it comes from? The Lord. Your home, guess where it comes from? The Lord gave it to you. Even your IQ came from the Lord. Your faith came from the Lord. Your belief, your kids, they're not your kids, they're the Lord's kids. And when they're 18, they remind you that they're not yours. <laughs> they're the Lord's kids. And, and what is it that we're entrusted with? The most important thing we're entrusted with it's right here, is the gospel. But how quickly do we forget? Just like Israelites in the desert, we forget so easy. We're like kids. I'll tell a little funny story about <clears throat> my kids. One's very sharing, one's not. And Joshua, he's like most of us, you know? He's just a kid, and uh, the flesh comes out. I didn't go to McDonald's and, you know, get him a McFlurry. He loves McFlurries right now. The other day I went and got him a McFlurry because he behaved. And I made a mistake. I got him, instead of the snack size, I got him the small, which is huge for him. And he's like, wow, Daddy, you got me a big one. Well, that's right, son. I said, you know what? It's really too big for you. Maybe we should just share it. <laughs> oh, but I need all these. I'm, okay, son. Well, maybe you share with your sister. Can you buy her one? How about just a couple M&Ms? <laughs> I mean, it was like pulling teeth. He did not want to share. I could have given him 20 McFlurries. I could have buried him in M&Ms. Or guess what else I could do? Take it away. You're not going to share? Take it away from you. Isn't that much how the Lord is with us? To another funny story, a little embarrassing story. When I first bought my house, we've been renting for 14 years. And I was so thankful that we got this house. But for a second there, I forgot. I thought it was mine instead of the Lord's. 
and one of my neighbor's gardeners came and started cutting a palm tree that was clearly on my side of the lot. I got a little upset. Needless to say, my flesh came out. I later apologized. As soon as I realized the Lord was telling me, reminding me, it's not my palm tree. It was here before I came up, before I bought the house, and it'll be here 100 years from now when I won't be here. You know our houses? We're not going to own them. I won't be here 100 years from now. I probably won't be here 50 years from now. Whose house is it going to be? I don't care. The Lord has entrusted me with it for a short time. Just like he's entrusted your jobs, your kids, and everything else. The third servant forgot where it came from. All right, so what am I to do with my talents? You know, one of the things to take from this is the Lord wants us to take a risk. You know, the Lord wants us to be risk takers. He really does. Not for us, but for him. Because after all, when you go out on a limb for the Lord, it's not really a risk at all, is it? Sometimes we have to risk our jobs, our house, what our friends might think about us, what the world might think about us. But when you do that, you're doing it for the Lord. He might be calling you to take a risk today. You know, there's a couple of things the Lord was bugging me about risking in my life that I didn't listen. It took me a little while. I'm a stubborn guy, like a lot of us. For a long time, the Lord was pressing on me to leave a job and start my own business, and, you know, I wasn't listening. You know what happens when you don't listen? He forces it on you, so I got fired. <laughs> then I listened. You know, it's amazing what some people will do with 24 hours a day. The same 24 hours that you and I have, isn't it? It's amazing what some people do with the same kind of income. I'm always impressed, quite frankly amazed, at what some people do with very little money. You know? I used to do loans, as you may know. And I'd see these guys working maybe at the post office making modest money for 30 years. And they've got houses and wealth and stuff that I couldn't accumulate with 10 times that income. They just know how to manage the money better. But again, Money is what the world wants you to focus on. This has to do with your talents, not money. But in a similar way, it's amazing what some people would do with their talents. Don't forget, when the Lord says, well done, my good and faithful servant, he didn't say, well done, my rich servant who doubled my money. He didn't say, well done, my successful servant who did so well at your job. I don't think the Lord cares about that. He said, well done, my faithful servant. So what's it mean to be faithful? You know, so many times I'm convicted after I walk away from an opportunity. Rick and I were talking about that earlier, you know. We invite family to our meetings. If I run to somebody, I tell them. But every now and then, you know, we, we pass up an opportunity, and the Lord just convicts us. Ah, okay, yeah, I should have said something. You know, recently you might have heard how there's a hockey player that, um, he's a Christian. And I don't know if you noticed, but, you know, it's a big push to be woke and to push the liberal agenda, whether it be the rainbow agenda, the LGBT agenda, whatever it is. Well, you know, all these sports players now are being forced to wear the rainbow. Well, this one hockey player said, no, I'm not going to do that. He risked his job. 
That's because he knew it wasn't his job. The Lord gave him his job. And he cited, if many of you that probably watch SportsCenter, he cited the fact that he's a believer. And then it goes against his beliefs. Well, good for him. Who would have thought all those years of becoming a professional hockey player, most hockey players would be like, I don't want to say anything, I might lose my, my job and just go along with it. Many of us would do that too. He risked his job. Take a risk for the Lord. Don't forget, everything's his. Your marriage, that's his. Take a risk for the Lord. What's he asking you today to risk? You know, maybe it's a career change. Maybe it's a ministry you haven't done but you want to. Maybe it's to adopt or foster a child. Maybe it's to be a missionary like Carl. Man, next time a car comes here, if you talk to him, you got to hear a story of how he became a missionary. It's amazing that the Lord just guides people and puts pieces of the puzzle together to make his will come true. But you've got to be willing. You've got to be willing to take a risk. I'm sure when Carl told somebody asked him to go to Spain, how's risky? He's never been there. He's not even a Spanish speaker at first. He did not know a lick of Spanish when he first was asked to go to Spain, but the Lord made it happen. The Lord put a missionary, I'm sorry, a ministry, a Christian ministry that teaches people how to speak Spanish. He happened to run into him. I wonder who put that in front of him. What is the Lord putting in front of you today that's nudging you to better use your gifts? Are you willing to take a risk for the Lord? Here's something else I think that the third servant didn't quite get. It said here that after a long time, the master returned. We don't know how long that is, but aren't we always told that the Lord's coming back? Don't we know that the Lord's coming back? Do you believe that the Lord's coming back? If you believe that the Lord's coming back, you're going to act like the first two servants because you know he's coming back to be accountable to your actions. Now, the third servant buried it. That tells me one of two things. Either he's hiding it from everybody. Maybe he's not sure if the Lord's coming back. Or that he thinks it's going to be so far in the future, why worry about it? I've done that. You know, before I came to the Lord, I'm like, yeah, my grandma told me, ah, I know, I don't have time right now. Maybe later. We don't know he's coming back. There may not be a later. What's he asking you today to do with your talents? I also like how it says, He gave five talents, another two talents, another one talent, each according to his ability. You know, how many times did our flesh look at somebody else and say, wow, why do they have that? Why do they have that? I don't have that. To each according to his abilities. The Lord knows what we can handle. The Lord knows who should be up here singing, not me. <laughs> and he knows our talents. 
So I'm going to tell you another little story. This is very convicting to me. We all have the same 24 hours. You all may or may not know, but my wife adopted Sharice when, we were, uh, when she was only 20. Many people said, what? Why would you adopt when you're only 20? Sharice is the reason why we're here. The Lord knew. She met Shaw and I, the rest is history. But many people told Amber, including me, you're a little young to adopt the 20. But the Lord told us you had to. Well, I have the same 24 hours. You know, I have a hard time with thank you cards. Don't expect one from me. I'm not very good at that. Birthday cards, Christmas cards. Try to delegate to my wife. But you know, just like some CEOs and CFOs can do so much with the 24 hours, and some of us, eh, maybe watch a little too much TV, so do people with their talents. You know, I know someday my wife and I are going to talk. Sooner or later. But you know what? There's never a perfect time. You know, you can look at some people and say, well, and we all make excuses, right? Well, you know, I'll wait till my kids are older. Well, I'll wait till I make a little more money. Well, I'll wait. There's always some excuse. So at Amber's school, one of the teachers there is a foster mom. But she's not just a foster mom. I'm thinking, okay, foster parents, we've seen them. We've had them here in the church. Our church has a high percentage for our small church of those who've been adopted. You know, um, we've heard the stories before, but it's a lot of work. So you would think, oh, maybe she's got a perfect life to adopt more than one. She's got two kids. One's a special needs kid. She's a single lady on one teacher's salary. And she adopted not one, but two. But here's really impressive, at least to me, because I'm horrible with these things. She sent my wife, well, what happened is she's so busy, she's a teacher, full-time teacher, and, and there's some babysitting there at the school that my wife works at, but it was beyond the babysitting time, and she asked them as a favor if they, she, if they could help just watch one of the foster kids for a very short time, or she would not be able to take the foster kid on. And well, the mommy said, okay. Didn't think much of it. This foster care mommy, again, single, no daddy, one income, modest teacher income, she took the time to write thank you cards to all the teachers, all the babysitters, and a little gift for each of them. How did she do that with such little income, such little time? There's a ton of excuses that I would have made. How does, how does she do that? She's got the same 24 hours I do. What's she asking you today? Is there something the Lord's been nudging you? In the back burner, we call it, right? What's in the back burner? We know what's in the front burner. The whiny kids, <laughs> the job that takes up all your time, the immediate crises, the immediate... There's so many things that distract us right away. But what's in the back burner? Sometimes the Lord has little things in the back burner that he needs you to move to the front. I don't want to go over it. Just a couple more verses. Matthew 6, 
But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Seek first the Lord. You know, there's a new song out. You probably heard it in Caleb. There's so many good songs out there. First things first. First things first. Matthew 6, 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust will destroy them and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What are you storing up for heaven? 401k? Can't take it with you. You know, my son Matthew, he's kind of following dad's bad footsteps. When I was younger, before Christ, I was in the car business. It's not a good business to be in. But he's in it right now. I know the Lord's got a future for him. We raised him here. He's got the Lord in his mind. He's just not there. I pray for him every day. But what's the first thing kids do? I know I did it, especially in the car business. You buy a car, right? I mean, you work hard because you want a car. You buy a car. He bought a car. Monthly payment, I said, don't get monthly payments, but he bought a car. But that's what he's living for right now. When I was his age, I was no different. Chasing the shiny objects, right? hundred years from now, the car's going to be rust. Just like the Bible says, rust. Maybe it'll get stolen. Hope it's insured. Can't take it with you. My house I dreamed about for years, years. I've been working so hard at it for years. Can't take it with me. My career, there's no attorneys in heaven. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> There's also no doctors, thank God. What are you storing up? What are you storing up? You know, you get to heaven, you got all the houses, all the cars, and all the 401ks. Is the Lord going to say, well done, my rich and faithful servant? Nah. If you got more promotions than anybody else because you worked 80 hours a week? You know, I had a, somebody once tell me that, you know, some people see death a lot. You know, some, some doctors work in the, you know, OBGYN and they see babies being born every day. My, my cousin was married to one. He says, it's a wonderful thing. You're seeing babies born every day. People love you. Parents love you. Then you have other doctors that work on the other side of it. You know, people's dying days, their last dying days. You know what nobody says when they're dying? Nobody says, I wish it would have worked more. Nobody says, I wish I had a bigger 401k. Nobody said, I wish I had more cars or a better car. My friend Darren got thyroid cancer recently. He told me, he says, if they can't cure it, I'll go anywhere. I'll spend all my money in Germany if I have to. They got some new stuff. I mean, this guy was the most cheapest guy I've ever met since college. I mean, 
It's all about his 401k, his savings. I mean, the money was just, he's an investor. He's an investor for a living. But all of a sudden, when the possibility of dying came up, he was wanting to give it all up just to live. What do you want to give up to live for eternity? Okay, I'm going to wrap it up with this. You guys know I love Francis Chan. <clears throat> I hear him all the time. There's a few, you know, we were just talking earlier, Milton and I were talking about um, uh, so many, uh, Alice Trebek, uh, Charles Stanley just passed away. We know where he's at. There's so many good, you can always feed yourself. You know, you can have as much of Christ as you want. You don't have to wait till Sundays. You don't have to wait till Wednesdays. If you want God, guess what? There's an abundance of Christ. You can have as much as you want. Francis Chan, one of my favorites, says this. I'm not finished with this. He says, our greatest fear should not be a failure, but of succeeding at things in life that don't really matter. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for this parable that you've given to us, Lord, to just remind us that you are coming back. Lord, it may be a long time, but you are coming back. Thank you, Lord, for this reminder that everything, every talent, Lord, from our faith to our IQ to our jobs, our kids, our marriage, everything belongs to you, Lord. May we, look, may we just look at each one of them, Lord, and glorify you through them. If anybody here, Lord, was nudged by you, may they change their direction to know that their talents, their gifts are being used for you, Lord, and not just to further themselves. And Lord, if there's anybody here who's not sure, who's not sure if they believe, Lord, let today be the day where perhaps your heart is just interested and you want to just seek some more. Seek him. Seek him and you will find him. We thank you for today, Lord, and ask all these things in your name. Amen.